Hi, my name is Amy and I am a personal practice coach for the Brady Group. Today, we have a special guest. Mark McCartney is the headline speaker for our roundtable extravaganza meeting this summer in Colorado Springs. Mark has a love for connecting people with opportunities in order to promote change across the world. Seeing others use their God-given talents to spread good in their own communities is his true passion. He works with leaders across the globe, helping to equip them with motivational skills in order to help them make a difference. So today, Mark's going to give us a sneak peek of his topic for our roundtable event. So Mark, we cannot wait to have you at the Broadmoor in August as our special guest. Can you give us a little bit of a sneak preview? Yeah, I am so excited to join you guys. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. We're going to talk about creating a culture um, in your workplace uh, that's really based on the behaviors you want from your leaders. And when you do that, it enables you to actually eliminate the behaviors you don't want. And what that does is it helps foster the environment for your ideal employee. And then from there, kind of talk about the different sides of leadership. We call it a 360 degree leader, someone who can lead themselves first and foremost, lead others um, down from them, lead others on their same level, and then even lead up. Okay, super. No, that is just, you know, right on target to what we've been, uh, really the culture that we've created here at the Brady Group and and how we try to, to, to foster really shared leadership in, in the dental office. And so just a little bit about you, of course, we've shared an, an introduction, but obviously you've led some uh, people really effectively in lots of different arenas. So how different is it to lead someone on, say, a mission trip versus a fellow team team member? Well, there there's always nuances in leadership. Um, and that's a lot of times based on environment and expectation of where you're at. So, of course, a mission trip is going to be very different than, you know, leading someone in the workplace. But there's also kind of the most basic form of leadership, which which translates in any area. And that's helping someone get from here to there helping someone know where they want to go and defining that. So while there's differences, there's also a lot of similarities. And one thing I've found that really translates across the differences is that people respond to encouragement. Um, People, when they know they can do something, it really gives them the confidence to do that. Okay, super. No, I totally um, agree with you. I think just you mentioned a little bit about when we know where we're going. So, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking or, you know, a destination, uh, it's so important to know where we're headed. Yes. Uh, and uh, can you speak to that just a little bit? What would be the difference in, uh, you know, any organization that um, has a clear destination, a vision versus one that doesn't? Well, uh, clarity creates comfort. The more clear you are, the more comfortable people are going to be. And they're going to know what they're supposed to do. And so that is that is really the primary function of the leader is to create that clear path. Where are we going? And so when an organization knows where they're going and its people know where they're going, it's a lot easier to get to the destination you want to get to. Uh, probably a lot more fun, too. A lot more fun. So a lot of people have the misconception that in any one organization, there's just one leader, you know, whoever's at the top, what's wrong with that mindset? Yeah. I, yeah, I think that is a misconception and I am a big believer in giving, giving away leadership. A mentor of mine taught me that too many leaders really fail to expand their influence because they don't, 
develop new leaders. I mean, it's, it's really basic math. If there's only one leader that's giving that influence, then it can only go so far. But when you give away leadership and there are more people that are also leading, it expands what you can do. And so when you invest in leadership development, it can actually create a stable of leaders that will drastically expand your influence. So what my mentor taught me is it was in a situation where, where he pointed out that I was looking for someone to fulfill a certain role. And it was, it was a newer role. And I kept saying, I don't think they're ready. I don't think they have what it takes. And he said this statement that has stuck with me. He said, you know, you're looking for a person to be an expert here before they start. You know, you're looking for them to be as good as you are at this when you've been doing this for so many years. He's like, you're looking for like a king. That person won't become a king until you give them a crown. Like you've got to give it away. And I know John Maxwell has said that once you find someone who can do something 80% as good as you, you give it away. Uh, Craig Groeschel, another leadership expert, actually takes that a step further. He says, if I can find someone who does something 60% as good as me, but they actually have an upward trajectory, then I give it away. And we'll talk specifically about how to do that uh, when we have our conference, because I think that's huge. And that helps us get through that misconception that there's only one leader in organization when we're able to give it away. Wow. Yeah. Delegation is so huge. And I love that, um, that concept. You know, I think we do, we want people to be, you know, as, as much of an expert as we perceive we may be. And then we end up never giving things away because nobody's going to, I guess, from my point of view, it's, it's not necessarily the truth or reality, but I think we all feel like nobody's going to ever do it like I do. And yeah. And it, it always feels that way in the moment too, because they, they won't in that moment. Like yeah. it does take time and there's a delegation process we'll be able to go through and it, it does take time, but eventually you'll get surprised where people sometimes will actually start exceeding seating you. And that's really fun when that happens. Oh yeah. So what do you do, Mark, if you have uh, maybe an organization where there's not strong leadership or maybe there's not uh, you know, healthy delegation going on, how do you lead? Or um, you mentioned the term lead up, which really intrigues me. So how do you lead if you're not necessarily quote unquote in charge? Yeah, there's, it's hard, but there are a lot of things that, that you can do. And we'll get into more specifics at the conference. But one of the things that I love to hit on is just the principle that you, you got to bloom where you're planted. Like ambition is a great thing and it's okay to have goals and to seek those and to see where something can go. But you can also cloud your thinking when all you're thinking about is, well, I could do it better. And so that's not really healthy. In fact, that becomes toxic. And so one way that you can actually lead when you're not in charge is crush what you can control, like really master what you can control. One, people notice it and it starts to expand your leadership. Um, but the other thing is it, it allows you to open your mind to have an ownership mentality. And when I talk about an ownership mentality, what I mean is where you're really thinking of the organization as a whole, and you would never say anything that's like, well, that's not my job, that's beneath mm -hmm. me. Because when you have an ownership mentality, you really start to figure out that there's a lot of ways you can help. So you bloom where you're planted, but you also combine that ownership mentality. And then um, one of the things we talk about with culture, is the strongest organizations are the ones where decisions are made uh, um, all throughout the org chart. In other words, when a decision is made only at the top of the org chart, then 
it really hampers that decision-making process. But when you can build a culture that enables people to make the same decisions that the person at the top of the org chart would make because they have that clarity, then that organization is really going to go far. Oh, yeah, I love that. You know, otherwise, if, if there's not clarity and people aren't empowered to make decisions, boy, that person at the top is going to be exhausted with questions and, and fixing things. You know, they'll be the fix-it person uh, because nobody is feeling that uh, confidence or, or empowerment to make those decisions. So I love that. Yeah, and those organizations get in a rut too because what happens is you're always working like in the organization and never working on it because you don't have the time yes. or the capacity. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute, Mark. I love that you mentioned that because as you know, we work with dentists and so we've got relatively small teams anywhere from three up to maybe 20 ish. Um, you know, if there are multiple doctors and, you know, they, uh, people are often too busy. They say, Oh, well, we're too busy to have a meeting or we're, we're too busy to, to plan ahead or, or, you know, just, too busy. This, uh, you mentioned working, you know, uh, in the business versus working on the business. And so again, you know, looking at, um, maybe someone who can't necessarily make those big decisions, uh, what are some things that, uh, they could do, or maybe a, a way they could communicate to the leader, uh, how important it is to, to work on the business? Yeah, I do think a, a lot of that are those those two things I mentioned where you got to bloom or you're planted because that's when you start to get the notice, when you start to really um, get your role and you do it at such a high level that people take notice. Uh, and then that, that ownership mentality, um, that's just huge where you're able to see a need and meet it. And when you can develop a culture that gives decision-making away, we call it the decision-making framework where everyone knows like how, the CEO or the leader would make a decision and they know like what that grid is, then that brings that down at every level to where anyone could make that decision. Okay. All right. Awesome. So kind of shifting gears here a little bit, um, you know, we can have a, a, a strong leader. We can have a strong vision. We can have the shared leadership and ownership um, and, you know, some healthy things happening, but here at the Brady group, we talk a lot about, um, the toxicity that, uh, you know, an energy vampire <laughs> might, might bring to an organization. So how do you handle those who might zap energy from the team uh, and keep them from, uh, from growing? Yeah, we call those VDPs, very draining people. And, <laughs> and they're real. They exist. Yes. Um, but I do think that is, that is culture, culture, culture. It's when you create a culture um, and we'll talk about this, how to do this at the conference, but the, the culture that is based on leadership behaviors that you want to happen. In other words, when you, when you determine the way we want our leaders to behave, you do it, you reverse engineer based on the toxins that you don't want to happen. And so when you create that, then it starts to um, self-perpetuate itself. And one of the things we do is we create like a coaching structure that's based on culture and not only performance. Of course, you have to coach on performance, but if you coach on culture, that gives you um, both the uh, ability and the time to actually deal with those issues. And so one of the things that's a part of, of our culture is feedback. 
Like feedback is so crucial. Feedback is your friend. And um, a leader that can receive feedback, understand how they want to improve and give feedback, that's a leader who's on the rise. And so when we create a feedback culture, it actually allows you to address those things like those VDPs or energy vampires. Um, but there are some very specific things that, that you want to do. When you see something that's unhealthy in your culture, then you, 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 know, you deal with it in those coaching times, but you also, you need to deal with it like on the spot. Like if someone is, says something in a meeting that is really like, it's just an energy vampire, it's sucking it out of everyone else, you know, sometimes you need to kind of stop the meeting and say, hey, hey, so-and-so, can, can we step outside and talk for just a moment? And it may be a little awkward in the meeting, but you know what that does? It shows everyone else in there, oh, this is a big deal. We don't, we don't do that here, you know? And you kind of really need to address those things and take them very seriously. I appreciate that because I think, uh, you know, a lot of um, people, dentists by nature are very, um, what we've noticed personality-wise is they're very caring, they're caregivers, they're excellent uh, clinicians, they do those things really well, but they're just not always the best communicators, business, you know, they didn't learn that in school. And so uh, it's just such a unique, I guess, combination. And so when they can have the boldness, I guess, to, to make a statement like that, it, it is so important. So, you know, leaders, um, yeah, I, I feel strongly that they're, they're developed. What are some things that dentists can do since it's not necessarily their nature and personality um, to have more confidence to do something like that? Yeah. Well, I love that you asked that question because it actually addresses one of my biggest pet peeves in leadership. And that is when people ask, um, like when they'll say something like, you know, I feel like I'm never developed. And this is a hard truth for some people, but do you know whose job it is to make you awesome? It's your job to make you awesome. It's yeah. no one else's job. And people, when they say that no one's pouring into me or no one's developed me, let me say, well, you, you, you have, you know, there's a thing called YouTube out there. I mean, there's like all the content in any area you can see. There's books. There's other people that you have seen that are great at things. And so if you want to develop yourself, that's awesome and you can do it. There are so many avenues out there, but never make that someone else's job to develop you. And that's um, when we talk about what a leader is, the most important um, kind of leadership is self-leadership. Absolutely. And we'll give like actual handles on what you can do to develop yourself. But I just think it's really important that leaders understand leadership is developed and it's no one's job to develop you, but you. What can dentists do that uh, maybe don't have the confidence uh, or the, the makeup or personality to be bold enough to call someone out that is sucking the energy out of the, the team? Yeah, I think you got to muster that up, honestly. And you don't have to call someone out in public, like in front of everyone else. That's where you can do, when you have to do a hard thing, you should always do it in the most kindest way possible. And so when I have someone in a meeting that is sucking the energy out and there's other people in the meeting, I'll just, I'll just kind of pause the meeting with a look at, oh, hey, can we step outside for just a minute? And while it's a little awkward for everyone else, we'll step outside and I'll say, hey, I know you don't realize this, but what's happening when you say this or when you make these facial expressions or when you talk about other people is 
it actually is like draining the energy out of the room. And I know you would never want to do that. And so that's why I'm helping you know, like in this moment, that that's what's happening. So let's get back in there and let's make sure we get the energy back up and that we work together to make this a great meeting that's productive. And so it, it, it feels confrontational, but when you develop that feedback culture, then it changes everything. I, I like to talk about the feedback culture um, in a sports analogy because I played sports growing up. And when I played uh, baseball, I had um, a certain way that I had a stance in baseball my whole life like where I placed my feet, the same place. My senior year in high school, my coach changed that. And it was really uncomfortable. And I never for a second, when he changed that, I never thought, oh, he doesn't like me. Oh, he doesn't want me to succeed. I mean, I knew by him changing that, he saw something I didn't see that was going to make me better and make our team better. And when you can develop a feedback culture where people understand when feedback is given, it's not because they don't like me. It's not because they're mad at me. It's because they're seeing something I don't see. And a lot of times with energy vampires, they don't see it even. They don't understand it. And no, no one has ever been bold enough to help them understand this is what happens when you act like that or when you say these things. So I just think it's really important when you develop that feedback culture, it's not as scary to muster up the courage to have those talks. Okay. All right. So shifting here a little bit, you know, you talked about culture, you've talked about culture a lot, and I'm really excited to have you speak to our group because I, uh, you know, as you alluded to, culture really precedes working on um, just skills and producing and uh, being, you know, successful in whatever our craft is or whatever it is we're trying to accomplish because, you know, a, a broken culture just makes those things so much harder. And so obviously you have a lot of fun at work. I I hear through the grapevine and the community (laughs) people that work with you that, you know, uh, it's a, it sounds like a pretty fun culture. And I, I, uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I know who's at the root of that. Life is hard. Just going through a global pandemic, depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety are real. Families are messy. People are craving somewhere they can go and just smile somewhere they can be and actually enjoy what they're doing. And so I think actually having fun at work is a pretty big deal. And so um, one of our leadership behaviors that we have here is uh, the behavior we call make it fun. And it's all about positivity. And so it's making sure that we have a place that you actually can have fun. People want to laugh. People don't wanna be in a place where they're not allowed to smile and laugh and enjoy themselves. Right. I, that is so true. And I think sometimes, uh, again, dentists and their personality, they feel like they have to be so serious and quote unquote professional. And, and I'm sure there's a, a sense of that um, as part of leadership in a, in a church as well. And, you know, it uh, sounds like it's best to you know, maybe take what we do seriously, but not take ourselves so seriously. And like you said, life is hard. And so I, I uh, love the uh, concept of make it fun. That's awesome. So we know that you're from Colorado and uh, you're going to be returning to, to your roots here in August. I know you've got another summer trip planned to Colorado, but we have a lot of folks who aren't from Colorado, maybe a few that haven't ever been. And so when you speak to our group in August, I mean, what can you tell someone who's never been to Colorado? What can they expect? 
well, they can expect to want to move because it's amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, just breathing the air in Colorado is so refreshing. There's just a Christmas to it in the morning. It's it's amazing. But what I would say is you got to get outside. That's what Coloradans do. Um, it, there's bike lanes on regular streets and neighborhoods. You know, there's parks and communities with trails in them. There's trees and waters everywhere and everywhere you look, views of the mountains at every turn. And so if you want to really experience Colorado, get outside and be in awe of God's wonderful creation because it's fully on display. And you are hosting this group at like a beautiful place. Uh, the Broadmoor is amazing. And so it's, it's an awesome time, but plan on being outside to really get all of Colorado. I love it. Yes, we are actually uh, a little sneak preview for our folks Thursday afternoon. We're uh, bring your hiking gear because we are going to be outside the first afternoon. And then, Mark, we're really looking forward to you to uh, you spending the day with us on Friday and um, just talking to you today. I am really excited about what you're bringing and we can't wait. Well, thank you. I am excited as well. Hey there, the mountains are calling and I don't know about you, but I cannot wait to get out of the Texas heat this August and go to the round table extravaganza 2021. We will be meeting August 26th and 27th at the historic Broadmoor Luxury Resort. This event is a favorite of Brady Group veterans and we all missed it in 2020. So it's not too late to register. Just call me at 800-592-7239. You can also check out the details in our show notes. Thanks.